Pastor Doug here from Crossroads. It's great to be with you. I hope that today's message will draw you closer to Jesus. Well, good morning, Crossroads. Great to be with you. Today, we are wrapping up the Red Letter Challenge, the series that we have been doing, looking at the words of Jesus and putting them into action. Anytime you face a challenge, if you don't shrink back from it, if you don't shirk from it or try to sidestep it, if you lean into the challenge, no matter how good or how badly it goes, you always grow as a result of challenges. Something about challenges that help to change us. And I hope as you continue to lean into the words of Jesus, putting them into practice, that that challenge will continue to change you, transform you, grow you as disciple, as a follower of Jesus. Uh, the purpose of this series is to not just read the words of Jesus, uh, not just study them or memorize them or talk about them with other people, but to actually do them. And there is something that is stretching about that, isn't there? Uh, this past summer, got to spend a couple of days in Colorado with some good friends, and I was in his garage, and I saw one of these things. Uh, have you ever saw one of those things before? And I mean, for a person that always has back pain, to me, it just seems like a brilliant idea, just sort of decompress the spine. And I'm like, how often do you use that? And he's like, never. And I'm like, okay. And I'm like, well, help me understand, because it looks like it would just help you so much. He's like, well, you don't understand. Once you're in there, it's not like you can just stay there for like a few seconds. Like you have to stay there and you are being stretched and like all the blood is running to your head and you can't do anything during that time. And he's like, to get real benefit, you have to continue to do this. It isn't like you can do this for two weeks and then stop or else you'll lose all the benefit. But that whole idea that stretching, if you're willing to continually be stretched again and again and again, it can produce long-term results. So today we wrap up the Red Letter Challenge. Our small groups, and most of our small groups, I mean, you'll be going through it for, through the end of the year. But I really hope for all of us, it is a lifelong journey of being stretched as you look to live out the words of Jesus, to apply them, to bring them into your everyday life. May you continue to be stretched. May you continue to grow as a follower of Jesus, a disciple of Christ. So here are the different things we've been talking about as it comes to the words of Jesus, the red letters. Being, forgiving, serving, giving, going. And you know, some of us, these come easier to. There's some that we struggle with. There are still certain things that I haven't figured out. I've not asked this question yet. Has anybody else wondered this question? Why is the symbol for being a bed? Did I miss something? Is there a clear answer to that in our book somewhere in the videos that I just totally missed? I'm not really sure, but hey, it is what it is, right? Uh, and then forgiving. Man, is that stretching. Uh, to be able to forgive other people. Uh, small groups are talking about that right now recently. What does it look like not just to accept God's forgiveness, but to try to forgive other people, you know, forgiven people, forgive people, or even to forgive yourself, and serving's always stretching. And last week we talked about giving, and today we're going to talk about going. That's where we're going to wrap up talking about going. And you and I are sent individuals. We're sent by Jesus into the world to carry his gospel, to carry his good news. We're his representatives. We're his ambassadors. We're his witnesses. And you and I, and we make up the, his bride, the church. 
We're to be a light in what can in times be a dark world. And this probably isn't new information to any of you. You, you understand that we were sent by Jesus, that we were designed to go. But often it's one of those things that we are much more comfortable talking about. One of those things that we're much more comfortable studying about. Uh, one of those things that we would rather just discuss than actually do. And so often we overcomplicate it. So often we make it so much harder than it was ever meant to be. So let me just take the pressure off as we're talking about going, as we're talking about being sent by Jesus. This is something that Jesus designed for you and I to do as part of our normal everyday life. It was never meant to be separate. Here's your life and here's when you go for Jesus. It was meant to be incorporated both of those things together. You weren't ever designed to come off like some kind of a sales person forcing the gospel of Jesus on someone. Just meant to live life naturally in a way that it reflects and leads and points people to Jesus. It's a natural part of your conversations. So think about it like this. What are you passionate about? What is it you know that this is a part of your life? Maybe it's sports. Uh, maybe it's hobby. Maybe, you know, it's your kids or grandkids. Maybe it's your occupation. But there are things that are just part of your life. And you just naturally talk to other people about them. It's not a forced conversation. You're not selling people anything. It's just natural because it's something you're passionate about. It's something that is part of your life. There's many things that go on in our lives, right? Some of those are interesting. Some are not so interesting. Right now, I could tell you that, man, for the past couple of weeks, I could talk to you about my yard. I'm trying to aerate my yard. I'm trying to overseed my yard. I'm hoping we don't get a hard frost. I'm trying to keep it west. You know, that would be a natural conversation. It would just be a really boring conversation, right? But it wouldn't be forced. I don't know if we have got a picture of this or not. Um, anybody know um, what a one will is? Anybody know what a one will is? Yeah, see... I don't own one of those yet, but I really want to own one of those. And so I can talk about a one wheel. I mean, the closest thing to like snowboarding on dry ground that you can do. Uh, I can tell you that we now have a dealer in Lancaster for one wheels. And I would continually talk to my wife, Denise, about one wheels. And I don't know if she just thinks I'm constantly joking uh, or if it's the cost or she is just pretty certain that I will end up in the hospital. Uh, but she just doesn't get that I really want a one wheel. But I've watched the YouTubes, I've had conversations, and I could tell you a lot about a one wheel because it's something I'm interested in. Here's the thing. The things of life that you're interested in, that you're doing with, just come natural in your conversations. So you and I, whenever we're just doing life with Jesus, day in, day out, through normal, everyday life, it's just natural for us to talk to other people about Jesus. It's not forced. It's not a sales pitch. It's something that can come easily in our conversations with other people. Now, when I talk about being sent, when I talk about go or going, there's a passage that would come to many people's minds. You probably go to the Great Commission in Matthew 28. And Jesus says this. He came and told his disciples... I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples 
of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. And for 2,000 years, 2,000 years, thousands upon thousands upon thousands of church have made this their driving force, their driving mission to why they exist. It's the mission statement for Crossroads Church. We make disciples that make disciples that make disciples. But have you ever asked why? Well, why is it that we can give something like this so much focus that it becomes mission central, mission critical? Why is it that out of all the things that Jesus talked about, all the things that Jesus said, that this becomes a driving force for the reason why the church, the bride of Christ exists? Well, it's rather natural to think about. Perhaps you have someone in your life that you greatly loved and respect. And their mind was sound, but their body was weak. They were not long for this side of eternity. And in those final hours, they called in family and friends. And the words that they spoke in those moments, those words of love and affirmation, those desires uh, for the rest of your life, the things that they're going to miss seeing, man, you listen to them, you grasp them, you just lean in those final words. You just really want to hear what they have to say because you know you say so many important words towards the end. Think about it like this. How many of you have ever been to New York City, not just to the 9-11 Memorial, but to the 9-11 Museum? How many people have been there? Incredibly powerful thing to do. You're working through your way through the museum, just huge. You get to this one room, and it's just telephone receivers. And as you pick up that phone, the voice on the other end are individuals on the airplane that ended in Pennsylvania, making phone calls to their loved ones with final words. How many receivers can you pick up till you're just not crying, but you're just weeping because the words are so powerful because they're those last words. And you begin to understand why we take this so seriously. That Jesus, before he ascended to heaven, giving those last words, those things that are so incredibly important. Three years he's been teaching, he's been doing ministry with those that have loved him and those that he has loved. And he says, come on, this is it. Don't stay put. Don't keep this to yourself. My love, my forgiveness, man, go. And as you're going, as you're doing life, like these are your marching orders. This is what I want you to do. And we get that these words are meant to be so much more than just read or memorized or studied or discussed. These words are meant to be lived out, to be put into action. And that can be so incredibly stretching for us. Let's take a look at some of the other last words, the other gospel accounts in the beginning of Acts. Start off with Mark. And Mark, we hear this. And then Jesus told them, go, go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone. That's incredibly direct. That's incredibly clear. 
What about how do we read it in Luke? In Luke, we see these words. It was also written that this message would be proclaimed in the authority of his name to all the nations beginning in Jerusalem. There's forgiveness of sins for all who repent. And you are to be my witnesses of all these things. That's the message. Forgiveness of sins for all who repent. Let's go and look at it in John. Some of the final words. And again, Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. And then in Acts chapter 1. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses. Telling people about me everywhere. In Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And as you read through this, you don't get the feeling at all that Jesus meant for this to be an optional thing, do you? It's not like, hey, when you feel like it, well, would you go and tell people about me? Uh, hey, you know, if you're really up to it, if you're having a good day, why don't you try to go and as you're going, just tell people about me and who that I am. It's not, hey, it'd be great if you would do this, but eh, not a biggie if you don't. We never get a feeling that any of this is optional. It's foundational of, of who we are as followers of Jesus. The same way as it's foundational that we love, that we forgive, that we serve, that we give, we go, we are sent. And earlier I said that we often make this way too complicated. Well, we just tend to bring stuff into the gospel that was never meant to be in the gospel. Or we just over-explain. Have you ever tried to over-explain anything to anyone? It just doesn't get you very far. Remember, it was 2001, so 21 years ago. I was on an airplane headed out to Southern California for a conference. Got into the conversation with a woman beside me. And it's like, you know, hey, what do you do? Well, I'm a pastor. Oh, and then she said, well, tell me about your church. And I should have kept it simple, right? And I remember I got to the word, and I used the descriptor, evangelical. And right away, like, these walls went up. And I tried, like, what did I say that was so bad? But so many things that she assumed that went with that word had nothing to do with the gospel of Jesus. And I learned quickly, man, don't overcomplicate this. Don't overexplain. Stay central to the gospel of why the church was designed, why the church exists. Tell the good news of Jesus. And man, if it's been complicated decades ago, does anybody think it's got less complicated to go, to be sent, to go in as you're going, to tell other people about Jesus? I mean, it, it's so much more complicated. So much more stuff has just got pushed on to being a part of what it means to be a follower of Jesus. You meet someone now that's not a Jesus follower, and you tell them you're a Jesus follower, and, and one of the first things that they're thinking, or that they might actually verbalize, is this. Are you one of those crazies that, and then fill in the blank. And they have attached all this stuff to being a follower of Jesus that has nothing to be, do, do with being a follower of Jesus. And the walls go up. And we find ourselves trying to explain away things that aren't really central to the gospel. That aren't part of being sent. Ones that don't really help out at all in leading people to Jesus. 
And as sad as what it is, I acknowledge that it's more complicated. I acknowledge that it can be difficult to go and to be sent. To tell other people about what it looks like to be a follower of Jesus. And if you understand the premise. That the main thing is to keep the main thing, the main thing. You quickly realize in our culture, in our society... That the main thing, the gospel of Jesus Christ, has often been pushed as secondary to being a Christ follower. But that doesn't change our assignment, does it? To be Christ's ambassadors, to be his witnesses. Doesn't change our mission of making disciples of all people of all nations. Doesn't change the fact that we were sent, that we were designed to go to tell other people about the faith that we have. So I think the great question is what works? What really works to, to go, to be sent? If you really want to lean into the challenge, if you want to be the person that Jesus designed you to be, what really works to go and to be sent? If telling people all the things that we're against doesn't draw anyone to Jesus. What works? If declaring that I am 100% allegiant to a political party alienates 50% of the people that I was sent to reach, if that doesn't work, then what works? If getting caught up in being an apologist for all the difficult things that we find in the old covenant doesn't really draw anyone to Jesus, then what does work? If getting caught up in fighting culture wars doesn't draw anyone to Jesus, doesn't make us any more effective in being sent or going, then what does work? If other Christians get all caught up in Christian nationalism, and it's not supported by Jesus or by any level of New Testament theology. If that's not drawing people to Jesus, if it's not helping us be more effective to go and to be sent, then what does work? And what is likely to be the hardest challenge of the red letter challenge to go to be sent? How do you do this? How do you live out what Jesus has asked us all to live out, to be sent, to be a light in a dark world? How can we be found faithful in living out the words of Jesus? How does the church prevail as a sent one? I believe we can find the answer in the book of Revelation. Let's go to the end. And they have defeated him by the blood of the lamb and by their testimony. And they did not love their lives so much that they were afraid to die. In the end, what works? What helps us to be effective as sent ones to go? Well, the blood of the lamb. That's one, two, our testimony. And a bonus third, if you want a bonus third, is don't be afraid. Don't live out of fear. Don't live in fear. Don't let your life be ruled by fear. That first one, the blood of the lamb, man, that's the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's the good news. 
When you get to a point in a conversation when somebody says, you know, what does it really mean to be a Jesus follower? That, like, that's the heart. That's the central. That's the main thing. That God so loved the world that he gave his only son. And the same way that Adam and Eve walked with the creator of the universe, you and I can walk with God because of what he has done through his son, Jesus Christ. Who, who paid that ultimate sacrifice. Who made a way for us to be reconciled, to be made right. You and I, imperfect, sinful people, made right to walk day in and day out with a perfect, holy God. That's the good news. That's the gospel that we were sent with to go and as we're going to tell other people about. And the second piece is what? Your testimony, your story. And some of you are like, you know, Doug, I don't have much of a story. I don't know how my story would really draw anybody to Jesus. And I would say, don't swallow that lie. Don't believe that lie. Your story, we often think about it being broken up into three different parts. Your life before Jesus, your decision to follow Jesus, and then your life with Jesus. Some of you, you're like me. Your, your story on these first two is very short. I was seven years old. It was Sunday school class, right? When I tell my story, 98% of my time goes where? Down here. What's it like to be life with Jesus? What does that look like? What is different about me? What is Jesus continuing to change? How am I continually being drawn and stretched and growing to be more and more like him? Because that's the power of the story and your story is powerful. Whether, however you break it up, wherever you spend your time, your story is powerful. I can only imagine life without Christ. What it would be like for me. How my relationships would be different. My marriage would be different. My relationship with my kids would be different. My struggle with materialism would be different. Power and control in my life would look different different. See, your story is key to being a sent one. It's key to going with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And if you haven't spent much time thinking about your story or telling your story, I'd love to hear your story personally. I'd love you to practice your story with other people. It's key to being and living life on mission. Here's a question question I'd love you to think through. Do you see yourself as a sent one? Can, can you see yourself as a sent one day in and day out just living your everyday life with Jesus? Recently the staff just finished up this book Surprise the World by Michael Frost and he asked this question. I just love this. This has been marinating in my brain. Can you see every aspect of your life as being potentially an expression of God's work in this world. You're already out about and doing life. Your job, your school, your home, your community, your whatever. Can you see just how you can bring God into all different aspects of that life? As a matter of fact, that your life just sort of mirrors God's work here on earth. God's creative. So when you bring your creativity into your workplace or into your school, you're bringing God into that. 
God is a just God. So when you help to bring about justice for other people, you're bringing God into that situation. God's a God of reconciliation. So whenever you work to reconcile people, either between themselves and their heavenly father, between themselves and one another, you are bringing his work. You're bringing the kingdom of heaven to earth. God is a God of peace. And when you work to bring peace, you're bringing God into your everyday life. God's a God of mercy and forgiveness and healing. And when you and I do our parts to mirror his work, to join him in what he's doing in the world around us, just the flow of our everyday life. That's how we go. That's how we're sent ones. That's how we live this out. Here's a good question. What if at the end of the day, what if at the end of every day you were going to sit down for a few minutes and journal the answer to this question? How did I mirror God's work in my world today? Just a few minutes at the end of every day you were answering that question. Do you begin to see how natural this is, how it's not forced? You're not a salesperson. It's not separate from all the other aspects of your life. You're just incorporating God. You're mirroring God in the world in which you live. Can you begin to see yourself as a truly sent one? To be living life on a mission with God. Doesn't this, that just feel a whole lot more natural? Doesn't that just seem to take the pressure off? You're just doing life with God. You're reflecting his character, his desires, in the everyday context of your life and your world. May God continue to stretch you in the way of going. Listen to the words of Romans 10. But how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they have never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? And how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? That is why the scriptures say, how beautiful are the feet of messengers who bring good news. So crossroads, may your feet be found beautiful. In a world that's tagging so much other stuff onto the gospel, trying to make being a follower of Jesus include all of these different things that have nothing to do with being a follower of Jesus. May you be a light in the world around you. May you express God's will and Jesus' love in a world that is so desperately in need of his love, his forgiveness, his grace. So we wrap up this series. We're going to end with some time, just an extended period of time for you just to be and respond to God. We, we call these our experiential Sundays. Now, what's a little bit different today? We've never done this with kids before. So trying some different things. We'll see what works, what doesn't work. So in the minutes ahead, if you just want to stay where you're at, you just want to sit, you want to pray, you want to sing, you want to reflect, whatever, 
That's great. Be comfortable there. But maybe you want to go. Maybe you just want to embrace. Where's God sending you? Is there a specific area that you are just, man, you get it. That God has sent you there. You are going there. Cindy came up with this board over here. And there are magnets there. And you can put a magnet in an area where you have been sent to. Where you believe that God is calling you to go. Or maybe you have a specific name or place or location that you've been sent to. And you can just get one of the markers and write that on the board as well. Now another option for you. We have a prayer corner set up back over there. And you probably received a prayer card as well. So often when we do a prayer corner, it's just hard to hear and navigate. So we're just saying, here's an opportunity for you. If there's something that you would love somebody to pray over you or for you about, you can list whatever that is right here. Just write your name. They want to pray for you by name. But to go with our series, what we're doing on this side, you can write not just your name, but the names of your kids as well. And is there a specific area, you can have this discussion right where you're at, is there a specific area where you believe that God is really stretching you, of the five areas that God would really love to grow you in? And if you fill out that card and you take it back to our prayer partners back there, they're going to pray for you by name. It's going to be a prayer of blessing that God would just grow you, stretch you, mature you in those areas. And then we have communion as well. For those that are not able to get up and move, we'll have a care team member. You can just wave them down. They'll get you. But there's two different corners for communion. Uh, up here, this one's designed a little bit more to be family-friendly, especially those of you that have young kids. There's two stations, man. Uh, there's bread, there's the cup, the body of Christ broken for you. You can dip it in the cup and tinction, the blood of Christ shed for you. There's also some gluten-free option. There's those little to-go cup options if you're more comfortable with that. Same in the back corner as well. There's some instructions up there for you. Things just to navigate to talk through with your kids before you go up and practice communion together. So a multitude of different ways that you can just respond, just be with God. Where are you being challenged? Where are you being stretched? Are you taking seriously the words of Jesus, not just to read them or to hear them, but to really put them into practice? Because I guarantee that when you do that, you are stretched. You will be changed. You will grow. You will mature as a follower of Jesus. Let me read a few more red letters to you and then I'll pray and then whenever you're ready, there's no rush. You can go. Reading from Jesus and Luke. He says, And when he had taken some bread and given thanks, he broke it and gave it to them saying, This is my body, which is being given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way he took the cup after they had eaten saying, this cup which is poured out for you is the new covenant in my blood. May we remember, may we give thanks. Father, come before you just creating space. Holy Spirit, may you be present. Speak clearly to us, direct us. Is there an area where man, you're just calling us, you're longing for us? to grow. There's some things about your words that make us incredibly uncomfortable. 
Today we talked about that whole idea of being sent ones to go and as we're going to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world in which that we live. For those that have been silent, living out of fear of what other people would think, may we just take the pressure off. May we live lives in such a way that we are just bringing you, bringing a little bit of that kingdom of heaven here to a very dark world. The way that we live, the way that we love, the way that we forgive, the way that we serve. May we just incorporate you into our everyday going. When there's opportunities arise to tell people about what it looks like to follow Jesus. May we keep it clear. May we keep it simple. May we talk about the gospel of Jesus Christ. We give you thanks and we celebrate the great work that you have done through your son Jesus Christ. Who being fully God, fully man, fully innocent. Paid the penalty on the cross for our sins. Made a way for us to be made right with a holy and perfect God. So that we can walk with you day in and day out on this side of eternity and that we can be in your presence forever on the other side of eternity. We thank you for that sacrifice. We thank you that three days later, Jesus defeated death and he walked out of that empty tomb. That he has made a way that we can be made right with you, our heavenly father. Not because of anything that we could ever do, but because of all that you have done. lead us Father is there a mission field that you're calling us to in our everyday life there's some things that we need to just bring before you in prayer ask for a prayer of blessing to be grown and stretched in different ways to just come before your table and just man that sense of remembrance giving thanks for all of who you are and all of what you have done Draw us together as brothers and sisters in Christ. May we represent you well to a world in desperate need of your love, your forgiveness, your grace, your mercy. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks again for listening. Any step you take towards Jesus is a step in the right direction. You can find out more about us at crbic.org. That's crbic.org.